Welcome to the Triage Method Podcast with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, as always, Mr. Patrick Farrell. Patty, how are you this lovely rainy week? Not rainy here. It's been actually beautifully sunny in the mighty Dublin. You can have shit weather. Well, it is bucketing down here in Cork. It's beautiful outside. Dublin is always beautiful. You know, I love looking at the Dublin mountains here. People claim they're the Wicklow Mountains. They're not. Um, but anyway, look, we're not here to talk about the weather, Gary. We are here to finish the discussion we were having the other day. This is going to be a relatively quick podcast because Gary decided to go to the bank rather than come and do the podcast. Um, imagine look, banks only open six hours per day in Ireland, 10 to 4. God, tell me about it. Like, imagine living in the dark ages. Like, I could understand if they were, you know, shuffling gold around in the banks and you're like you know you have to do stuff but it's like what like most of this stuff is online like there's no need but no do they think people don't have jobs everyone, everyone to four. complains about this everyone complains about this i know 10 to 4 like what like anyway look anyway also complain about the banks we're here to finish the discussion <laughs> so we were talking last week about well yeah last week i suppose by the time you're listening to it it was this week when we were recording it we were talking about the topic of you know, is intentional weight loss harmful or an issue or potentially bad? So if you haven't listened to that podcast, definitely go back and listen to that because the rest of this is not going to make sense otherwise, right? But we finished up on you know, basically talking about like, is losing weight healthy, right? And for some people, it is a healthy thing, right? In terms of that's what they need to actually regain their health um, or to get better health for the first time in their lives. You know, like you could be obese from a baby, all the way through your life until you know you get to a position where you're like okay this needs to change right so that's where we kind of finished up and as we said in that podcast like there are certain populations where losing weight is potentially good it's obviously also potentially harmful for other populations like we talked about children elderly people with cancer potentially you know if it's unintended weight loss without like a clear reason blah 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 right so we went through all that kind of stuff right um now, in today's podcast, we're going to continue that discussion and we want to talk about how do you navigate this area, right? So how do you navigate this area as a coach, potentially? Like, because obviously, look, we're, we're coaches, we coach people. As I said in the last podcast, I would consider myself a fat loss coach or a body composition specialist. You know, like, as I said, I like to get people to a lean position where they're like, look, I feel fantastic in my physique. And then I also like to get to there while having fantastic performance, right? So like, that's, I would consider myself a relative expert in that stuff so how do i navigate that situation right because if for some people there are clear issues with losing weight right and there's clear populations that shouldn't be engaging in this oftentimes people in those populations or individuals are going to come to us that want weight loss because of whatever the like social media they've been exposed to because of you know, just we'll call it like a, some sort of internalized um, belief system. You know, it's like, oh, I have to be lean because X population is lean that I enjoy, you know, or I'm part of or whatever, right? How do we navigate that situation, right? So Gary, that's my, my initial question to you and um, just to kick this off. Like, how do we navigate the situation as coaches? Because I think we'll explain it through the lens of coaches purely because, we are the ones that have to talk to the majority of people with this, but in understanding our approach, you can understand a better approach for you if you are just an individual. So this is talking through the lens of coaches, but it's for the individual as well as for coaches. Perfect. So 
Firstly, the first part of any coaching process involves screening, and that can be of various levels of depth. So for example, if you were to look at training, you know, one of the main things I'm always interested in is what's your injury history like? You know, what exercises do you find that if you build up to a certain level of volume, you know, your shoulder starts getting sore or your knee starts getting sore? Because that prior screening gives me information about as I roll out a training intervention, what's going to give up, what's potentially at risk, and where this person is going to run into barriers. When it comes to the psychological domain, very often that can be um, a little bit more uh, difficult because people, you know, every, everyone knows that, right, you know, if my shoulder is sore and I'm training, it's probably a bad thing maybe, you know. But in the fitness industry, at least, when we talk about the psychological aspects of nutrition and weight loss, some things can be perceived as normal in certain uh, parts of the fitness population that if we were to apply to another part of the fitness population, we'd consider that to be very um, abnormal. As, as per the previous podcast, we gave the example there of um, bodybuilding uh, contest preparation, which is an extreme um, aspect of fitness. But basically in that context, it's very, very normal or it's considered to be normal for people to diet down to extreme levels of body fat at which they experience significant psychological and physiological side effects like you know loss of libido loss of interest in things outside of um, the gym low training motivation potentially low mood more anxiety poor sleep all these sorts of things and then after the end of that diet they get it they get to a position where they just binge and regain all their body weight that's considered to be normal because <laughs> It's even though there are better ways of doing it, it's just that the only goal there for that individual is to be in the best shape uh, as possible on stage. Now, if we were to try to transfer that example and apply it to the general population for most of our clients, that would be absurd. Okay. You know, that, that would, we would never want one of our general population clients to experience a trajectory like that. Okay. So the reason I give the, the reason I bring up that example is because understanding someone's expectations for normal events, normal feelings, normal emotions during the process is really, really important. And an example of that would be when we start to work with, let's say, a general population client who wants to lose a little bit of body fat, what we're looking for is that, you know, there's the absence of uh, significant disordered eating patterns, significant body image issues and uh, psychological health issues that go beyond just body image and dieting. Because very often what can happen is that if we don't screen for those things, we'll end up running into them as barriers down the line. Examples of that would be where, let's say you do actually have success with someone who's uh, dieting down to lose body fat, but their expectation was that they were going to just reach this certain body weight or level of body fat and suddenly just be happy and live a blissful existence because that was the only problem in their life. Whereas in fact, they were trying to, you know, basically sculpt a physique to try and mask a problem that wasn't a physique problem. So they might have other things going on in their life or other psychological, psychological comorbidities that they actually need to address. Um, this this actually goes beyond just the physique stuff. Like obviously we're we're talking yeah, about sure. loss here, but like people do that with training all the time. Like we're like this. This is not a dig at runners, but you talk to runners. The vast majority of them are like if by 
it seems anyway, like they're running away from their problems. Like they're like, oh, I like to punish myself by going on this like three yeah. to five hour run so I don't have to fucking deal with my life, you know? And like, that's just that's just that population that they they get that kind of runner's high from that. They have that ability to get away for like three to five hours, whatever. But like bodybuilders, people in the gym, they also do it. You know, it's like, oh, I need to punish my fucking demons by going to the gym and, you know, exercising, if you will, in the, the dual use of that term. Um they're, they're, they're demons you know so it's like people have issues regardless it's not just body image stuff you know so you have to as a coach you have to dig a little bit deeper like scratch beneath the surface and you'll start to see these things and it is as i said like really important because like it might not present as an issue at the start but down the line like it's probably going to come to the surface a hundred percent and and um one of the things i try to emphasize with clients and obviously this can be extracted this can be transferred to basically any domain and that is that like you're living your life now and you have to be present with that and the reason i say that is because like whether it's let's say um college for example is a good example people go to go to college and maybe they're finishing their degree and they're like when my degree is done uh, you know, I will do this, or I will get fit after my degree, or I will focus on these things after my degree. And some of that's fine. But then you have examples where, you know, oh, I want to go and, you know, travel the world and find myself. And then I'll live my life, you know, and it's, it's always these things that like, I will live my life in the future. But for now, there are other things that are stopping me from doing that. Dieting is a great example of that, because people will say, you know, oh, I'm just gonna get lean first, and then I'll start to enjoy food. And then I'll start to enjoy social activities, nourishing my relationships, et cetera. But that's, that's not life. And what I try to get people to focus on is like, what are the key components of your life that you actually value? And how can we keep them in your life while you pursue health and fitness? Because you are here in the now and there's no other option but that. And that might seem like it's something that goes a bit beyond the coaching domain, but I guarantee you it's something that will, that will absolutely make your clients' lives um, significantly better. Because what it means is that, right, if I have to focus on the things I actually value um, in my life, then I have to ask myself what trade-offs I can accept within that. Because if you care, let's say, about um, reading or you care about you know spending time with your family or you care about going for walks at the weekend or whatever, if your extreme dietary practices um, or intentional weight loss are taking away from your ability to engage in those things, then now you can tell that you've actually allowed your values to slip and you're no longer living for yourself in the now. And what you have to ask yourself then is, how long am I going to accept that as a trade-off? Because very often what we see is that weight loss attempts to get to a certain level of body fat, they're very rarely completed within the six to 12 week period. You know, it might be that we work with a client who has overall 20 kilos of body fat to lose, let's say, and they might lose seven in the first 12 weeks. And then we have a phase where we focus more on maintenance. And then maybe we take another couple of kilos off and then we focus on maintenance and then they go away and they, you know, focus on performance for a while. And then when they've done that, they eventually decide, right, I'm going to try to get these last five kilos off and I'm going to maintain that then for life. But that could be a multiple year period. And you can't just put your life on hold for all of that time. So would you agree with that, Patty? Do you think that's something that's relevant to the coaching practice? Yeah, hundred percent. Just directly on that, like, this, this is a, a lot of the issue in the health and fitness world where like most things in the, the modern age, we want this right now. We want the like, oh, the quick, not a quick fix necessarily. Like even people who say, oh, I want sustainable fat loss. Like 
they still, when you like dig it a, a little bit deeper, you do hear them go like, oh, well, yeah, I want sustainable fat loss, but I want to actually achieve my goal in the next six to eight weeks. And it's like, you spent the last 10 years putting on this weight. You know, it's like, how do you expect to just six to eight weeks? And the unfortunate thing about it is like, if you don't provide that as a coach or at least get them towards that, um, they're just going to try to go elsewhere. They're going to be like, oh, that, that coaching process wasn't for me. I'll go elsewhere, right? Which this is, this is why these kind of conversations are important because you have to realize that, yeah, okay, you have to be able to produce results as a coach, 100%. Like there's, there's no two ways about it. We're a results-driven industry, right? But you have to also give the client a little bit of what they actually need, not just what they want, right? And that can turn into a multi-year process, like Gary said. And this is why we... And our coaching process, not to kind of like, you know, load ourselves up, be like, oh, we're fantastic or whatever. But like, we really focus on like, let's actually ingrain healthful habits and let's actually build good practices, which we'll touch on later on. Um, but like, let's actually focus on those kind of things so that like, we'll call them health promoting habits so that you actually go away from the coaching process realizing, yeah, okay, this is a multi-year process, but I actually know how to go about it rather than like you said earlier on, where it's like, oh, I'll just stick to this for the next 20 weeks. I'll hate myself. I will lose all my friends. Won't talk to my family. I'll be eating out of Tupperware, blah, blah, blah. And then I'll be happy because I'll have the physique of my dreams. And then I'll start doing all the other things that I wanted to do, you know, day to day. It's like, that's you're like, how do you expect to sustain that? If you build this practice that gets you results, yeah, look, whatever you lose the 10 kilos, whatever you want to lose, but you've never actually been able to sustain that in the way you want to live you've never actually built practices in a real life setting you've built practices in this like extreme oh i stick to this exactly for the next 10 weeks 20 weeks whatever it is and that's all i know like that's that's not a sustainable practice that's not going to get you lifelong results which yeah look that can be fantastic if that's what you want you're like oh i have a holiday in 12 weeks i just want to be shredded for it i don't really care at the back end of that most people are not in that camp most people are like oh yeah if i'm going to put in all this work to lose this weight or to you know get this fat loss goal or whatever it is you don't want to just go oh that's the end of it all i'm done you know i'll regain it all back i'll just go back to exactly the what i have been doing you know like you can clearly understand that that's not going to lead to optimal results long term you know do you have anything else to say on that guy no that sounds good to me fantastic right so to kind of put this into a little bit more of a, a clearer framework about how you go about doing this for yourself, because like Gary touched on some key points there. The first thing is we want to do some sort of screening, right? And you can do this yourself. You can actually analyze like, okay, what are my beliefs? What are my thoughts around all this stuff? Like, is this actually beneficial for my long-term progress? Like, am I like, again, you can do it to yourself, but it, it's obviously a little bit easier if you have some outside person doing it for you in terms of you can analyze whether, Oh, I have this history of binge eating or I have this history of, you know, all or nothing mindset. I have this history of whatever it is, right? You can do that yourself. You can identify these things. The hard part then is understanding that plan of action to go about doing that. And the first thing that I'm like, everyone learns this as a personal trainer or a coach or, you know, nutritionist or whatever, right? Everyone learns this. The first step after doing this initial screening and going like, okay, we've identified all of this person's metrics that are relevant, right? The next step after that is like goal setting, right? Because we need to actually set goals that are realistic. We need to set goals that are actually achievable. And in trying to set those goals, you actually understand that individual a lot 
more in terms of their actual thought process. Like someone might go, oh, here are my goals, right? They lay, lay them all out. Let's say we have a top five, top three, whatever it is, right? And then you read through those goals. Like the way we do it, uh, like obviously not with all clients, depends on the situation. But the way we do it is like, here, what's the overall goal? Like here, let's say it's body composition. We want to improve body composition. It's like, what does that actually look like? What's the specific goals within that in terms of it's like, oh, I want to weigh 90 kilos i want to have six percent body fat like let's actually dial in on specifics in terms of like what does improved body composition look like for you you know like let's actually let's get hard numbers here right and then let's actually break that down into some sort of like process goals like what are you going to have to do to achieve that like again if it's like okay i want to get to 90 kilos whatever right then it's like okay we're gonna to have to build some muscle you only weigh 80 kilos now so we're gonna to have to build some muscle and in doing that we're probably going to gain body fat so it's like okay we have to be able to accept that and you have to explain all that so you have to break down the specific goals into the different processes that you have to engage in daily weekly monthly whatever it is so that you can actually achieve your goal and then what you like i always do anyway with my, my clients is like i ask them why they want that goal right? There's a few other things we ask as well, but we're not going to give away all the secrets, but uh, we ask them why, right? Because this is actually really important because once you've gone, okay, this is my overall goal, right? And like, it usually takes a while to kind of refine this down, you know, it's like, let's actually refine this until it's actually really dialed in, right? Then it's like, what's the specifics of that, right? Again, really dial this in. Like, you can't just be like, oh, I want to lose weight. That's not, that's not specific. You know, it's like, what, like, what are we specifically looking for? Like, you want to lose 15 pounds? Okay, 15 pounds. Like, are you going to be happy then? Like, what's the, uh, how do you know you're going to be happy then? Have you ever weighed that much? Have you like, you know, what's the story there? We have to actually dive into that because you could just have this arbitrary number in your head and be defining yourself based on that number. You're like, oh, 70 kilos. That's what I have to weigh to feel validated. And it's like, have you ever weighed 70 kilos? Oh yeah, I have. Did you feel validated then? No. Okay. So like, why do you think it's going to be different this time? You know, whereas for other people, it might be like, oh yeah, actually I know at 70 kilos, that's where I feel like, body confident that's where i feel great about myself that's where i feel like my you know health metrics are in a great place that's obviously better then because we were like okay well we know you've been here before we know that you feel better at this position blah 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 like we can actually dive in and think about that a little bit more like coherently because you've been there before right so we know what to expect right or at least you know potentially what to expect but we dial in those specifics but then you ask the why right because this is where you really start to dive into the the, the psyche of an individual. And again, you can do this as a coach and you can do this as yourself, right? It's the same process, right? Now, when you're doing all this, like I always, and I always say it to my clients as well, I'm like, try not to do just one word answers, you know, because this is very, like, very tempting to just kind of like, oh, do this exercise is like, oh yeah, like, why do I want it? Oh, I want to, I, I, I want to feel good at my, with my body. It's like, that's not a why. Like, I guess, like, let's actually like dial into why do you want this? Like, why do you not feel good at your current body? You know, it's like, 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 let's dive into that. And once you start doing that and start understanding that why, it actually does become a lot easier to, first of all, coach someone because then you can keep going back to that kind of exercise that you've done this sheet where you're like, okay, look, you said that you'd be happy at 80 kilos. We're 80 kilos now. You said you're not happy. You know, you said you're just, you want to lose more. You want to do whatever. It's like, why do you? think that is why do you think there's this like disconnect between your previous goals and this and then you start really diving into it and they're like oh well actually i didn't work on my you know relationship with my family and that was actually really important to me i've actually grown further away from them because of all these health habits that i'm engaging in blah 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 so it's like let's once we start doing that and we start like pulling it apart you start seeing all these individual strands and where someone thought their goals were you actually start to realize it's like no these are not actually my goals this is not what i actually want from my life you know it's like okay this is a nice addition like yeah okay i have a shredded body i have this ideal physique blah 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 but it's like 
you aren't happy as a result of that. You know, and that, that's very often the case. Now, obviously, very often it's not the case. You know, it's very often that's like we have, you know, you got your physique of your dreams and you're like, yeah, I'm great, feel happy, content, blah, blah, blah. But we have to, as coaches, try to identify that ahead of time, you know, because you don't want to have a case of like, oh, you said you wanted to weigh 80 kilos, we got you to 80 kilos and you're still unhappy. You know, it's like that's, you don't want to deliver a service that makes someone just as unhappy as when they came to you. You know, it's like you want to deliver a service that's like, okay, now you're actually in a great position. And this is the hard part because you as an individual, you probably have never actually really dived into your own goals. And you as a coach, if you're trying to coach someone that has never really like, you know, dove in deep to their goals, it's like you, you, you have to take them on kind of face value in terms of they say, oh, I want to be 80 kilos. You have to kind of take, take that as like, that's the goal that they're presenting with. That's what we want to achieve. You know, you have to give them a little bit of what they need and what they want. So this is what they want, but you don't know what they actually need until you actually start pulling that apart and really start diving into a little bit more into like what they are actually thinking. And this is really hard to do because like, if you are a personal trainer, like obviously you're not trained in like psychology, you know? And the unfortunate thing about a lot of psychology is they... Well, first of all, if you, especially if you're on social media or whatever, they are really bad for like gatekeeping in terms of it's like, oh, you shouldn't talk about like mental health. You shouldn't talk about anything like this. And it's like, right, first of all, we need to explain or we need to push out a better conversation, you know, and like, yeah, OK, cool. Like if you're unqualified to even talk about this, you have no idea what the fuck is going on. Like, yeah, don't speak about it. But if it's like you are trying to help people in a coherent way, like you can talk about psychology. You know, and um, obviously the, the more educated you are on the topic, the better. And um, but this is a, a hard thing for personal trainers to do because the psychology of a personal trainer is not the psychology of their client very often. You know, like obviously there are some uh, an alignment. Like if you're a competitive bodybuilder and all your clients are competitive bodybuilders, it's like, yeah, OK, look, you're very congruent with the thought process. You know, so it's like you understand exactly what they're thinking oftentimes and um, oftentimes not as well. You know, that does happen. Um, so it's a little bit easier, but if you're training someone that potentially like, say, for example, like me, I'm not going I'm like, I'm not looking for 30 kilos of fat loss, you know, like that's, I don't have 30 kilos of fat to lose, you know? So if I'm talking to someone that has 30 kilos of fat to lose and they're like, Oh, I want to lose 30 kilos of fat. Like I have to kind of change my thought process to try to get into the, their mind and really start to peel apart the, the strands that connect that stuff. And again, like, I like, like we've done like you know psychology training to some extent like i'm currently doing like a cbt course and stuff but like it's still hard if you are trying to do this yourself and it's still hard if you are a coach who even has i'm sure it's still hard for psychologists you know if it wasn't hard for them they'd be like fixing everyone you know um but what are your thoughts on that gary i've been rambling i agree you know i mean i don't have too much else to add i think i think it's um a fairly clear point i think it's pretty difficult to operate as a coach without um trying to practice some sort of psychology you know you you have to have psychology uh, particularly that related to um behavior change uh, as part of your coaching practice and i think that you know if if you were to stay in your practice or stay in your scope of practice uh, to such an extreme that anytime a psychological component came up you just wouldn't be able to operate as a coach at all so um i think there's a lot to be fair uh of psychological lessons uh, as it relates to coaching and behavior change that can be learned purely from just listening to people and actually being attentive and recognizing that your own experience doesn't necessarily reflect that of everyone else 
um and and you, you do just learn those things through experience like over time as you, as you help people with fat loss what you start to notice is that there is a significant number of people or there are a significant number of people who just get to a point where yeah they've lost all the body fat but now they're like directionless you know they don't they don't know what they're aiming at they're not particularly satisfied with what they achieve and now they're thinking oh well maybe i'll just gain a load of weight and try to gain loads of muscle and maybe that'll then kind of make me feel good maybe that's that's what i need to do so um just having those conversations with people uh, it can be difficult particularly if you're i think a younger trainer um and where this becomes i think more challenging is um if you're a young trainer um often if you're working with the opposite sex regardless of which direction that's in and then also if there's a significant uh age gap uh, or perceived difference in professional status like for example if you're an 18 year old uh, new personal trainer just qualified and i don't know you're working with a, a lawyer who's 40 years old and they perceive you to just be of lesser status because that does come up not very often but it does happen um that can be one area where it might be difficult to break down those barriers to have those psychological conversations about, you know, someone's goals, values, etc. But I think that's where developing a good rapport and relationship with your clients becomes so important because that's when people start to open up about those things. So despite the fact that it may not come up initially, what I often do is a few weeks into the coaching process, I try to revisit the person's initial goals. Uh, it's generally after the first four weeks or so, you know, I'll say, right, it looks like you've made some progress towards the goals that you initially stated, but I just want to follow up a little bit on something you said in your questionnaire, because you said you wanted to lose body fat, but you also put muscle gain as high in your priority and you also put performance as high in the priority. So where where's your real focus and why are we aiming at what we're aiming at and and i think if you give it the time to develop the relationship i think uh, that's really where those conversations open up yeah and i think this is really important because that kind of first like four weeks like a lot of the coaching process is basically just getting people to engage in healthful habits right and then it becomes more about like okay now we need to actually refine in on the specifics for your goal right and this is a nice little segue to the, the kind of next bit that we just want to touch on because like as a coach, there's a few things that you're kind of looking out for. First of all, you're looking out for these kind of obsessions, right? Someone's like, oh, I'm really obsessed with, you know, body checking. Like they're like, oh, I pinch my fat on my hip or stomach or whatever. You're like, oh, you're looking out for that. You're like, this is something that needs to be investigated a little bit deeper. Now, that might be something that you need to refer out for if someone's like, you know, has properly developed like body image issues, you know, you might need to refer out for that, right? But you can educate someone to tell them, you know, just if you start noticing these things where it's like, okay, look, this is, this is not a good behavior to have long-term, you know, you're constantly checking yourself, constantly like pulling up your shirt, looking at your abs in the, the mirror, that kind of stuff. It's like, this is not good long-term for your psychological health because like what happens if you're like, Oh, all of a sudden you had a, a higher sodium meal, you know, last night you were out, whatever, you know, and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, my abs have faded here. It's like, that's probably going to negatively impact your self-worth then if you know you've built up this process of like every single day checking your abs in the mirror <laughs> you know so it's like we, we need to to you know dial in those things quickly you know the same with like you know obsessing over the scale like if you have someone you're getting them to weigh themselves just to see where calories are at to see how body composition is changing etc and they're like really impacted by the numbers on the scale it's like okay well we need to be aware of that and we need to change our processes because like i'm not going to get you to weigh yourself constantly if it is this you know fucking 
Russian roulette type thing where it's like, you know, the scale says one thing and all of a sudden your entire day is ruined. You know, your whole psyche is broken. And then the scale says something completely opposite the next day. And you're like, oh, I'm elated. You know, this is great. It's like, this is like this kind of fucking manic depressive inducing uh device you know <laughs> it's like that's that's less than ideal you know so it's like okay look we need to take a step back from that let's not use that as our you know tool that defines our characteristics and self-worth and whatever it's like let's take a step back from that like i personally i'm like look i want you to be able to step on a scale so i'm like yeah. to me i'm like i don't want people to be like afraid of the scales i think that's a bad approach overall mentally to basically fear a tool you know it's like that's it's not ideal you know like that's like saying like oh i'm scared of my phone you know or a calculator or whatever you know it's like this this is not a great thing to you know be scared of right so we want to eventually build that through some sort of like you know exposure therapy and but initially we might be like right look we're not looking at that that's just it's causing you know bad you know messages to go on in your brain so let's just dial back from that right so we're looking out for these kind of obsessions within a client right again could be scales could be whatever metric they could be like you know bicep size it could be i don't fucking know like there's loads of things that people will get obsessed over so we're looking out for those things because obviously look if we're trying to elicit uh fat loss in a healthful manner like we need to be aware of these psychological issues and it might be a case that okay we initially were going for a fat loss diet but look we've clearly noted that every time you do this we try to look for fat loss you get obsessed over these metrics. So we need to deal with those metrics, that obsession or rather um, first, before we look at the fat loss, because we're not going to go for the fat loss if all of a sudden, every time we try to go on a calorie deficit, you get this kind of like obsessive compulsive disorder about like body checking, about like looking at yourself in the mirror, about like whatever. It's like, this is, you're not in the mental health space to do this. Like Gary said earlier on, it's kind of like the similar position where someone came to you and they're like, oh yeah, I have a torn labrum um, and my fucking hip is broken my fucking knee is broken you'd be like okay well right now is not the time to be really pushing performance like in the gym like we, we need to focus on like rehab first you know we need to get that process underway we need to get that process done before we can really start developing these other characteristics that you want to go for and it's the exact same stuff with all this kind of psychology where it's like look if you have these an eating disorder or disordered eating or these kind of disordered eating thoughts or disordered thoughts it's like you need to get those sorted first. And oftentimes that's not the, within the scope of a, a coach, you know, like I know, like I've had clients where I know you've had clients before where it's like, look, we start the process, you're four weeks in, you're whatever. And then all of a sudden you're like, look, I actually can't help you right now. You need to go mm-hmm. to someone else. We started the process. We know what needs to be done in terms of like where your goals are in terms of what needs to be done with training, what needs to be done with nutrition, but you're not in the mental headspace right now to do that right so we need to actually deal with getting in the right mental headspace and to do that we need to refer out we need to go to a psychologist we need to go to you know i don't know maybe it is some sort of therapist maybe you have a therapist as a client or you know as an individual you're like i like to go to these because i've gone to them before and i've got good results with them whatever you know it's like we need to refer out in some way right because we can't just go oh let's hammer fat loss or let's hammer progression in whatever goal it is if it's leading to a deterioration in your mental health. It's just not ideal, right? Or any other men or a health metric, you know, it's like we're going for fat loss and I don't know, you start noticing that your, I don't know, fucking triglycerides, your cholesterol, your fucking whatever is through the roof now. You know, it's like, okay, we need to reevaluate our process. We need to re like take a step back and, you know, see what's going on here 
because we're not just going to keep hammering this if it's leading to ill health, right? And that brings me to the next point, which is, and again, this is still in this kind of first four week period where you're just focusing on health habits. And this is the next point where it's like, we're really just, especially initially, we're not focusing on fat loss. You know, if you have someone that comes to you, they say, oh, I want fat loss or they come to me and they, I want fat loss. Most of the time, the first two to four weeks, we're just focusing on good health habits. We're just getting like a, a sustainable approach built. We're just getting the kind of foundation set. You know, it's like, okay, look, we need to, I don't know, maybe it's tracking calories. Maybe it's, you know, portion control. Well, I don't know, whatever it is with the diet. We're doing something to get it on track, to get it in a place where it's like, okay, look, we're in a good position with this, right? Same with training. Maybe they need to train three, four, five times per week. It's like, let's actually just start doing that and let's see what challenges come up. And then when we've set that foundation and we focus on just those health-promoting habits, as again, like these could be eating more vegetables, could be eating more protein, could be drinking more water, whatever we're focusing on these good health promoting habits that we know we've talked about before everyone knows what good health promoting habits are at this stage right and we're not focusing on fat loss promoting habits you know like yes 100 if we engage in these health promoting habits generally what happens especially if we've got you know a relatively good position with calories and stuff we get fat loss you know but the focus isn't necessarily just fat loss straight out the gate it's like, let's get into a rhythm with just good health habits, getting to sleep on time, eating well, training well, blah, 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 all of that stuff. Let's get that done. And then we can start switching a little bit towards like, okay, this is a fat loss specific habit in terms of, okay, you want to, let's say we're using a portion control method. It's like, okay, you want to kind of stop eating that when you're about 80% full, you know, it's like, that's going to be a fat loss promoting habit rather than like, okay, look, you just eat until you're full. Like they're different habits, even though it's like, you know, we're not specifically tracking calories or whatever, you know? So it's like, let's actually just get those good habits in place, right? And this is a really important thing if you are a coach or you are an individual that's coaching yourself. Like the vast majority of the time, what you want to focus on are the habits that you're engaging in rather than the results, right? The results, you can't, like you can't predict the results, right? Yeah, obviously you can to some extent predict the results because, you know, we know if you engage in a calorie deficit, you're going to get some weight loss you know again we've talked about that stuff before so you can go back and listen to those podcasts but we can't actually dictate the exact result like i can't say oh this exact amount of calorie deficit is going to lead to this exact amount of fat loss in this exact amount of time because that's not how like human metabolism works because you get this like upregulation of some systems down regulation of other systems no one's like no two days are the exact same your sleep isn't going to be the exact same day to day your hydration your nutrition like nothing is going to be like exact same right so like we can't predict that like it's not like fucking newtonian physics where it's like this does this this reaction here boom you know it's like well it is like that to an extent but we can't predict it because we don't have the measurement tools to be able to predict that that well you know mm-hmm. um so we focus on the habits what are the habits that we're engaging in that we know if we continue these over time we will get to the results that we want and this is also important because what we want to do is celebrate those habits rather than celebrating the results, especially if you're a coach, because this is something that I would consider, you know, is the dividing line that the first barrier dividing line between a good coach and I'm not saying a bad coach, but just a a mediocre to like lesser coach, whatever, right. It's a coach that celebrates results. They're mediocre to bad, whatever, right. A coach that celebrates good habits they're a good coach, right? And the reason for that is, again, like what happens, like say, for example, like, like this is me, right? Example last night, right? So 
this week I've just engaged in a fat loss diet. So I'm in a little bit of a calorie deficit. So the first two days lost a kilo, right? So between those two days, half a half kilo the first day, half kilo the next day, right? This obviously just water, glycogen, whatever, right? And then last night had still within my calories, still at the you know exact same calories, macros, etc. Last night had a meal, higher salt, right? Today weighed myself, boom, right? Guess what? Up a kilo again. Right. So now if I'm focused on purely results, right, say someone's coaching me and I go, oh, fuck, man, I'm up a kilo. You know, if I'm focusing purely on results, then we potentially start changing our habits because I look at only that results like, oh, you're up a kilo. That initial kilo that we lost, you know, you've after fucking it up. We need to drop calories again. You know, so we're going to chase that initial rate of loss of half a kilo per day, which is you know unrealistic. Um, and we're going to, OK, we're going to drop calories by 250 now. We need to you know speed this up. Right that's clearly not a beneficial thing because I know I'll weigh myself tomorrow and I'll be the exact same way that I was yesterday. You know, it's like this, it's, it's just transient fluid, right? Or at least I hope. Um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's like, that's, that's all it is. Right. So we need to focus on the habits that we've engaged in because but then we can actually more easily understand the actual results that we're getting. And also you don't have control over the results. You have control over the habits. So let's focus on the stuff that we actually have control over rather than the stuff that we don't have control over. Like I can't control how my body reacts to a little bit more sodium or a little bit less sodium or how much water I drank or like, I can't control how my body reacts to that. It's just going to do it itself. Right. I can't control how much or how fast I liberate fat. Right. Like how fast I oxidize. I can't, I can't control any of that stuff. Right. But I can control how much I eat. So I focus on the habits such as controlling how much I eat. Right. Or how much I sleep or how much I exercise or do my niche and all that kind of stuff. So I can control those things. And as a coach, that's what you should be focusing on because what you don't want to get into this habit of doing where it's like, Oh, look, you're have a fat loss client. And they're like, Oh, you lost a kilo this week. Great work. You know, you're really, you know, that's a really happy with that kilo of weight loss. You know, it's like, okay, you might be as a coach really happy with that because it fits your like plan, your timeline of like, this is where we want to be, but you can't just celebrate that actual fat loss because that's not in the control of the client. Right. The thing that's in the control of the client is the habits. So we focus on celebrating the habits that they've engaged in so that we can actually get the results continually. Because again, we don't want a situation and this is what happens the vast majority of the time with people that are dieting, they focus on the results. They get caught up in this obsession over the metrics where it's like, look, I'll step on the scales. Fuck me. I'm up a kilo today or whatever it is. Shit the bed. I'm going to fucking reduce calories. Throw it all out the window. That's what we're done, right? We're done with this diet. Doesn't Dieting doesn't work for me. Like Something's going to happen like that. You know, you're going to have this immediate response if all we're focused on is the results rather than the actual habits. So do you have anything to say on that, Gary? Yeah, um, just to, to I guess, add a, a little bit of a, a, a nuance to the, the kind of not complementing results. There are some situations where you have to. Um, and this what I, I kind of refer to this as like qualified compliments. So, for example, this is a classic one that will come up where a client will check in and they'll say, you know, uh, hey, Gary, uh, nailed my calories this week, I think, you know, really tried to dial in everything as per our conversation last week, got my steps up and everything, all sessions done, uh, but weight's still not really moving. Um, so, you know, they might be perceiving that they're actually not getting the results that they should be getting for the habits that they've, you know, successfully carried out. And in that case, what I'll, you know, say to someone is that, um, I'll try to reflect on the actual results. So for example, they may have actually lost half a kilo, but 
that doesn't look that significant to them. And if, if we look at the kind of four week rate of fat loss, they may very well be on track with the exact rate that we've been targeting, but they just mightn't perceive that it's a lot. So in that case, what I'd say is, you know, look, you've been lo- losing an average of half a kilo per week. These are the ranges I normally aim for with clients. So I'm actually really happy with your rate of um, fat loss. I think the, the results you're achieving are actually, you know, fantastic and really on par with what I would expect out of this process. Um, here are the reasons that, I think that this is an appropriate rate. Here's why we wouldn't want to lose less. Here's why we wouldn't want to lose more. And just a reminder for you that any change in your body weight that we've seen, this is all the result of you nailing all of the habits that we've discussed. So you're doing a really great job with that. I just need you to keep on doing that. And if there's a change in the rate of fat loss, then that's when um, we'll start to make some changes. Is that fair enough? And those types of things, that gives the person a real sense of control over what's actually going on rather than just, you know, just complimenting the change of weight one week. And then if it doesn't change the next week, well, now they've failed because the weight didn't change because that's all you complimented. So I try to put those two things together and really save those, those um, celebrations of results themselves for when the person may not actually be seeing it. And another easy example there is, is, is photos. So someone's weight might've been the same for six weeks, particularly if they're newer to training. But when we actually look at their photos, it's very clear their body composition has drastically changed, but they may not be able to actually see that because um, they, you know, they live with themselves every day. So the changes are very subtle. So again, getting the person to zoom in on the results in those cases can actually be really helpful because it reinforces um, the desire to, to keep, you know, nailing those habits. 100%. And this is another thing, just quasi related to that. Like when we're looking at habits, because like realistically, the vast majority of behavior change is just the habits that you engage in, right? And like if you're a coach, basically what you're coaching is behavior change. And if you are trying to elicit a change in yourself, what you're trying to do is change your behaviors. You know, it's like that's, it all comes down to behaviors, which all comes down to habits, right? So one of the things that, we often do is like we focus on these additive behaviors rather than stuff that needs to be taken away it's like okay let's focus initially on like adding a little bit more protein right let's focus initially on like adding a little bit more vegetables let's focus on like these things that we can add in so that we're in a position where you don't feel deprived because that is a huge part of this whole process where especially with dieting down where people feel really really deprived you know it's like oh i can't eat these foods or i can't do this or i can't do that like they've focus on this subtractive model where it's like, let's take away bad habits and a hundred percent that needs to happen at some stage, but that doesn't necessarily need to be the first intervention. Right. And I'm in a hundred percent agreement with you there, Gary, in terms of thinking like sometimes we do actually need to focus on the results, you know, where it's like, look, the results you're getting are good. Like that needs to be reinforced, you know, especially if we are on track, if we're in a position where we're getting good results for what we deem as being, the a good rate of fat loss for example because people can obviously get discouraged you know where it's like look we're focusing on these additive behaviors we're focusing on these good behaviors we're focusing on xyz we're doing that but i was expecting two kilos of fat loss every single week that's what we got the first two weeks you know two kilos the first week two kilos the second week so i was presuming that that was going to happen going forward right because people get into that mindset and then all of a sudden the next week they lose a kilo and a half and they're like oh fuck i I obviously did something wrong you know the next week they lose a kilo and they're like right that's it i'm gonna really just hammer home really just focus on you know eating less moving more and it's like look you're you started off really really fast that was the issue it wasn't that like you know this this 
the, the approach is bad. It's just so that it was too good at the start. Like we were probably in too much of a calorie deficit at the start. And obviously there's a lot of like glycogen, water, et cetera, that comes off uh, after that initial like calorie reduction. So we have to factor that in. So like you're bang on track. You're actually ahead of schedule at this rate of fat loss. And like, we have to talk about that rate of fat loss. We have to make that a realistic target. And we have to explain that to people. And again, this is why this first four weeks of the process is really just about getting into a good rhythm with things before we really like dive into like, okay, let's, like you said, like reassess your goals. Let's realign like how fast we're going. Let's say you, you wanted, again, you wanted uh, performance and you wanted fat loss. It's like, okay, look, we're going to see a decrease in performance. If we continue at this rate of fat loss of two kilos per week, it's like, are you okay with that? Because we obviously have to you know dial in on that like those different things we have to be very specific about our goals and we have to very be very specific about like our priorities overall right and um, so in before we just get on to kind of like the final point which is just talking about beliefs and that kind of stuff and um, one of the things that is really hard to navigate if you are a trainer yourself is that like you basically want to promote this kind of health at every size approach right this haze approach right the unfortunate thing about that is like if you are a coach trying to read this like read up on this stuff a lot of it is really like ideologically driven right and it's the same on both sides like if all you consume is people are saying that like oh fat people they have no fucking morals they have no self-discipline blah 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 i'm like you can clearly see that that's like ideologically driven right but unfortunately when you try to navigate through the opposite side of that in terms of you want to understand how to help people like at every size you want to understand how to promote health promoting habits at every size you know you don't want to be like all right look like this client might want fat loss but let's actually just get into a good healthful position first of all before we actually focus on fat loss because that's the more important thing here it's like yeah okay the fat loss is potentially a health promoting habit or a result for an individual where it's like, look, you, you need to lose weight because your doctor has told you to, because you have X, Y, Z, whatever disease um, or illness that is going to benefit from this. And hundred percent, we need to focus on that. But the things that we need to focus on to do that are the health promoting habits. So let's actually focus on those regardless of the individual, because they're the, the, the key to it. Right. But the unfortunate thing is when you read a lot of this stuff is becomes ideologically driven like you if you read up like i can guarantee you right now if you type in is intentional fat loss bad into google like you will be greeted by hundreds of articles and you can clearly see that these articles are ideologically driven because they use words like sexist classist um like it's basically buzzword bingo like uh, they're capitalism uh, objectifying fat phobic uh, colonialist, um, decolonize, like they'll use words like that, or like they'll say stuff like diets don't work, you know, or yeah, they'll be like, oh, in, you have this internalized fat phobia, or like they'll talk about oppression and different things. And like, look, we're not talking about those different potential issues, you know, they are potential issues for different subsections of the population. But we're trying to talk about uh, an actual issue here, a singular issue. It's not like we can't just correlate it with all these other ideologies that you have. Like imagine someone was like, oh, like if you came across a website and they were like, oh, yeah, fat people are just really, really bad. We shouldn't have them in society, like in my utopian vision of society where we've killed all the Jews and, you know, we've got like uh, this Aryan master race. Like if you started reading that stuff, you'd be like, oh, this is clearly ideologically driven. Right. So 
when you start reading it on the opposite side, it's like, okay, you should realize that this is clearly ideologically driven. What we want to do is, well, I was going to say meet in the middle. Maybe we don't want to meet in the middle where we kill, I don't know, half the Jews. Like that's just maybe not that, right? But we want to kind of get some actual reality to the situation where this, we want to focus on health promoting habits. That's that's the key to this, right? And you can have this haze approach, this healthy, at, or not healthy, health at every size approach where we just focus on these health promoting habits. And that's going to be beneficial regardless of the end outcome then in terms of the results, in terms of like whether we get fat loss or not. Because if you have someone that works with you for whatever, 12 weeks, we'll say, right? And you can be guaranteed at the end of that 12 weeks of working with you, they're in a position where they're like, oh, you know what? I've completely transformed my habits. I now get great sleep. You know, I now actually am hydrated. I now get enough protein. I now eat my vegetables. I now do X, Y, and Z, all these different health promoting habits. They're like, I exercise, I do whatever. It's like, even if they didn't lose a single pound, you know, you can be pretty much guaranteed that they're going to be healthier as a result of those habits, right? So we need to focus on those habits rather than the actual result overall. Do you have anything to say on that, Gary? uh no no i'm happy with that fantastic right um the final thing then and this is this is one thing that i'm like look this is kind of outside the scope of the practice of a personal trainer and it's kind of outside the scope of everyone like if you if you go to a psychologist it's outside their scope as well so <laughs> like i don't know who you go to for this the fucking dalai lama maybe but basically what you want to do to help your clients is help them find meaning and purpose in their lives right and like you want to basically get them to find fulfillment if i could speak find fulfillment in other avenues of their life rather than just exercise or their body composition like what's their spirituality like what's their emotional connections like what's their like meaning and purpose in life you know it's like those kind of things it's hard to coach that stuff but it is good to bring it up right and like you said this before gary it's like your body should be the least interesting thing about you you know, it's like this, this should not be the defining characteristic of you. Like even for athletes or, or like people that make a living, like basically like selling their body. And I don't mean like prostitution. I mean, like, you know, you sell pictures on Instagram, basically, you know, for ads or whatever. It's like you, it still shouldn't be the most interesting thing about your body. Like you can imagine, right. You go up to someone, you're like, oh my God, they have the most beautiful face, the most beautiful body, whatever your ideal opposite sex, right. You're just like, right. That's what I want, or sorry, I shouldn't say opposite sex, see the gender that you are find attractive, right? And um, you're like, this is this is the person that I I, I would like the, my ideal person, you know? And um, imagine going up to them and being like, right, this is my ideal. And then you talk to them and there's literally nothing going on up there. They have no personality, they can't converse about any topics with you. It's just they just look good, right? No one wants that. Not a single person wants that. You might think that you want that, but in reality, you don't want that, right? So you need to actually develop more than just, oh, I have a good body, right? It's just not a, it's not a sustainable uh, thing to base your entire personality off because look, you're going to get old, right? <laughs> you're not going to have a good body forever, right? What happens if you get injured or in a car crash, whatever? It's like if your entire personality is defined by this one characteristic, you're in a bad position right like you have to have hobbies what do you enjoy i don't mean like oh i go to the gym as a hobby I'm like look that's exercise everyone should be doing exercise in some form or other it's like that's that's not a hobby you know <laughs> let's I actually get it 
it's, it's yeah. basics man yeah literally it's just self-maintenance that's like saying brushing your teeth is your hobby you know it's like <laughs> this is not this is just you know basic self-maintenance you know it's like showering is my hobby like you wouldn't say that stuff right so it's like exercise is not a hobby you know like yeah okay 100 we can argue about sports potentially being a hobby maybe you're into the sports you maybe you watch like different teams or you follow whatever it's like okay cool we can argue semantics all day but exercise in some form or other is a key defining like characteristic of just life but anyway um you have to help your clients to some extent or yourself if you're coaching yourself find some meaning in your life and the way i always do i always talk to people about this i'm like look realistically just count up all the hours that you spend thinking about health and fitness stuff right especially if it's not your career right let's say it's or not health and fitness stuff you know we'll talk about your just your body composition where you're like look oh i wish i was this weight or i wish i lost this fat or whatever let's just say five hours per week in total you think about this stuff you know you sit down at your desk you feel a little bit of roll of fat there and you're like oh i I don't want that you know whatever it is any single time that you're thinking about this stuff right add up all those hours again let's just say it's five hours right if you were to just charge yourself your hourly rate in work you know where it's like look say work pays you 20 euro 50 euro whatever it is per hour right if you were to just charge yourself that every single week that's how much you're investing into this stuff already because look you've just wasted five hours every single week thinking about this stuff right so if you're charging yourself the work would is willing to pay you that and like i would argue that it's more important time where it's like it's usually your free time it's usually the stuff where you're doing it on your own it's like then you become self-conscious or you're like you're thinking about this stuff and then you are like if you're if work was to call you in for those times it would pay you overtime you know they that's what they would do right so you're charging yourself that much every single week so don't let that continue like stop charging yourself that much stop charging yourself to five hours 10 hours 20 hours how much it is for you however much it is for you right stop charging yourself that each week actually free up those five hours not necessarily like just get rid of all these thoughts because that's not realistic as well, right? Let's actually engage in helpful habits that get you the results that you want, but let's also actually address these thoughts that you're having. Maybe again, it is you need to go to a psychologist. Maybe it is you just need to talk to another human about these thoughts that you're having that are rattling around in your head. And as soon as you verbalize them, you realize you're like, oh, wait, actually, hold on. I would never speak to my friend like this or I would never speak to my family like this. Why am I having these thoughts about myself? Like these like these really negative thoughts being like you're useless because you have a little bit of fat on your body, those kind of things. It's like verbalize them and all of a sudden they become real. And like we've done this before where like, you know, we talked about like words being magic and how like, you know, you actually speak these words and all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can actually interpret these thoughts a lot better, right? It's fucking half the benefit of therapy, you know? You might need to go to a psychologist for this. They might be the one that can help you, but uh, it is something to consider, right? And again, as a coach, getting people to realize that their body is not the most important thing about them is really, really fucking beneficial. Like I always say to them, like, look, body composition, improving, even improving your health, all that kind of stuff. Like it's not your higher purpose on earth for the vast majority of people. This is not what they were put here on earth. Whether you believe in like a supreme deity or whatever, it's like, there's a more meaning to your life than just chasing like oh i should i got or, i fucking yes i got a vein on my abs now you know it's like that's that's not your meaning and purpose here anyway gary do you mind to say on that no other than just projecting our worldview onto people for them to adopt i don't think there's anything else i could add really you know do whatever you want i don't care well i do care within reason um but uh, yeah no i mean look live your life don't let your body be the most interesting thing about you even in cases where it may seem like it is like for bodybuilders 
if you actually look at what people find interesting about bodybuilders, it's actually not just the physique. It's the fact that, wow, you're able to really commit to something and to stick to it. And to, you know, despite how you're feeling, you're able to keep showing up and doing these things. Like that's what I always found fascinating about bodybuilding. And when I first got into the gym, like, like what I, what I attribute like many, you know, successful steps since then too, is actually that ability to start to discipline myself and to show up to the gym and to get my nutrition in order, like getting all that in order at a young age and starting to organize my life. Like that helped me in so many other ways in terms of like our business, in terms of um, college, et cetera. Um, so it's, it's not even, even in those extreme cases where it would seem that your body's the most interesting thing. It's actually all the other aspects that have come as a side effect of that, that you'll find that people really, um, do admire. So yeah, I mean, it's a, you see it all on social media. Like you see these people with objectively better physiques, right? And like in bodybuilding, I mean like objectively better physiques and they'll compete and the person with the better physique, they'll win. Right. But they might have like, you know, 20 fucking social media followers because they don't post stuff they don't they're not interesting like yeah. maybe they post a set in the gym whereas you have someone else with you know potentially <laughs> worse genetics in terms of like their actual like objective physique you know it's a subjective sport like there's criteria so they say it's subjective but it is somewhat objective as well um so it's like the person with the lesser physique they might get like this huge following because they post regularly they post like interesting things they post a the process they post their, their thoughts about different things it's like they're more than just their body whereas the person that just posts a physique pic of like you know oh i'm 12 weeks out now or i'm whatever it's like they're probably going to get less followers even if they have a better physique because again most people are not interested in first of all your physique let alone their own physique you know so it's like this should not be the key defining characteristic yeah 100 percent, and that's actually a really great point because even if you look at the, if you're someone who's into bodybuilding, you think about who you admire, you'll probably start to realize that. Like, for example, I remember when I was first getting into bodybuilding, I used to find it fascinating that Ronnie Coleman, you know, worked as a police officer at the same time as being like eight time Mr. Olympia. I thought it was fascinating. That he just showed up to his job. And despite the fact that it just did not fit his lifestyle, really, you know, in terms of having to eat all these meals and stuff, he just did that. And I thought that was fascinating. And even today, like if you think of, the more modern bodybuilders, like even like Ben Pakulski, he was someone I used to find fascinating when I first got into bodybuilding because I thought it was so interesting that he was presenting this kind of real thoughtful approach to what he was doing. Like he was putting out all this information about, you know, nutrition and training, et cetera. And I was like, God, there's a lot more here than just his physique. Like I didn't like his physique, but I paid far more attention to him than someone like, I don't know, Jay Cutler or something who maybe wasn't putting out the same level of content. So yeah, again, just reinforcing the fact that there, there's more to it than just the body, for sure. 100%. Anyway, Gary, where can people find us? Because coaching is basically closed now. I think you have a few spots maybe to fill. Yeah, I do still have a few spots available, guys. Um, so if you do want to to work with me, um, you can go ahead and do that. And uh, similarly, Brian, if you're into if you're looking for nutrition-only coaching, uh, if you don't want training and nutrition, uh, you can sign up uh, with us as well. So do reach out. The information is or you can just reach out to us info at triagemethod.com or alternatively you can just drop any of us a message on our respective social media you'll find me at skinny gaz patty at the real patty farrell triage at triage method and brian at brian ohangasa um so just reach out to us there if you need any more uh info we do have to wrap this up quickly so just briefly 
you know where to find us guys all the relevant info is below in the description box so you can check out all of the uh, other content and services we offer there and of course if you have any suggestions for the podcast in subsequent weeks any questions you'd like to submit or anything you can also do that below fantastic see you later guys